0: Is done. David, you are my favorite Dodger insider. Let me hear you. Time for Dodger Talk. If you ready for the brand new day, let me hear you. We break down all the action and give you your chance to react. David Vasay is going to join us. LA's favorite son. 866 987 2570.
1: We are rolling, boy, rolling. It's
0: time for Dodgers Baseball. All right. Dodger Nation. You, you, you. Dodger Talk is brought to you by Chef Marito, seasoning partner of the Dodgers. By Navian Tankless Water Heaters. For endless hot water, visit tanklessmadesimple.com. And by Chevrolet. By New Roads. And now, your host for Dodger Talk, David Bessé.
2: It is an off night for the Dodgers, but not an off night for Dodger Talk. David Basset with you until 8 o'clock tonight here on AM 570 LA Sports. Fresh from San Francisco, where the Dodgers were swept in a three game series and basically let the Giants back into this division race. They were six and a half back of the Dodgers when the series started, and all of a sudden they're just three and a half back. So, Three teams in the NL West are separated by just three and a half games. So this division race just got really interesting with the Dodgers slumping, losing nine of their last 13. So we'll get into that. We'll hear from Trey Turner when we spoke to him after the game yesterday. Not just about him uh, taking exception with my question on why he did not score on that ball that got behind Mike Yastrzemski in the eighth inning Uh, off the bat of Justin Turner, but also his thoughts on what Dave Roberts had to say to us before yesterday's game up there at Oracle Park. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. We have lines open right now, and now would be the time to get in because we do have a pair of tickets to give away to Wednesday night's game between the Dodgers and Angels at Dodger Stadium. And I do have... A trivia question for you a la Ross Porter and want to play some Dodger trivia uh, we got that for you tonight so uh, we will give that to you for a chance to win a pair of tickets to Wednesday night's game Dodgers Angels at Dodger Stadium compliments of Dodgers Radio AM 570 LA Sports but first and foremost we want to recap the three games in San Francisco not a great vibe up there for the Dodgers. They're not just they're not playing well. They're a really good team that is in that stretch of a season where they're not playing well. They've lost 9 of their last 13. They lose 3 in a row to the Giants who really aren't that great and more importantly, they only scored 4 runs in the 3 games and they were just 2 for 24 with runners in scoring position. And two innings that stuck out to me the most out of those three games was Saturday's game where the Dodgers had bases loaded and nobody out for the big three of Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Trey Turner, and they did not get a run home. And then in the eighth inning of Saturday's game, bases loaded, one out for Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, they did not get all but just one run home, and that was because of an error made by Thyro Estrada, which opened up the door for Cody Bellinger to double home a run. But the Dodgers are too good, and I guess the one concern is, at least for me, is they are becoming too reliant on the big three of Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Trey Turner. Those guys are really good. They're really good hitters, but they're human. They're not going to be hitting... Uh, 300, 400, and deliver every time with runners in scoring position all season long. And that's where you need the other players on the team to pick up those guys when they're not going good. Like Mookie Betts right now is not going good. He only had two hits on the road trip. He hasn't scored a run in his last eight games. He's back to being a mortal human. Not the same Mookie that we saw in May. And that's a high standard to live up to for the rest of the season. But guys like Cody Bellinger, have we just given up on Cody Bellinger? I mean, I know I said we had to reset expectations for him, but the Dodgers need more from him. He needs more from himself. Justin Turner, since uh, two homestands ago, only has seven hits. He's hitting under 200. They need more from Justin Turner. They need more from Will Smith. They need more from Max Muncie. They need more from those other guys, not just the big three of Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Trey Turner. Speaking of Trey Turner, here's what he had to say in response to Dave Roberts basically calling out his hitters before yesterday's game saying, you need to be more unselfish with your at-bats and not just try to swing for the fences. Before the game, your manager said that he felt during the stretch of the last 13 games, you guys collectively have not had the urgency to do what it takes as an offensive unit to win games. Did he relay that message to you, and do you agree with that message?
3: Uh, I personally did not hear that, not to say that other people didn't, but I, I didn't hear that. But, yeah, I think, uh, you know, at times that could definitely be the case. Um, I think we know that we're really good, so sometimes we just think it's going to happen instead of kind of taking charge and um, <clears throat> going out there and, and, you know, making it happen. Um, so I think that that definitely is the case sometimes, maybe not all the time, but sometimes I think we can do a better job of um, you know, being a little bit more aggressive and more more confident instead of just sitting back and waiting for it to happen because we, we're so good and, you know, a lot of guys can do a lot of different things. But, um, yeah, I think that could be the case for sure.
2: That's great to hear Trey Turner uh, agree with Dave Roberts, even though Dave did not have that one-on-one conversation with either of the Turners uh, when we spoke to them after the game. I'm sure he will, um, but it's good to hear a player the caliber of Trey Turner to agree because, frankly – It just seems like the Dodgers are so talented, they feel like it's just going to happen for them when they show up at the ballpark. And I feel like the last 13 games have been somewhat of a wake-up call. More importantly, the last three games in San Francisco, that'll get your attention really quick when you get swept by your rival, the biggest rival the franchise has in the San Francisco Giants, who, oh, by the way, are the defending National League West champions. I know the Dodgers beat them in the NLDS, but don't forget, the Giants won 108 games last year, 107 games last year. That was one better than the 106-win Dodgers. So that's a sobering reminder that, you know what, you can't just show up. And also sobering is the fact that Walker Bueller now is on the injured list, and he's not picking up a baseball for six to eight weeks. That certainly caught everybody's attention in that clubhouse. And now is the time for Julio Urias and all his media supporters to step up. I'm a Julio supporter. I I agree. The Dodgers need to trust this guy to go deeper into games. They've been trying to protect him and protect his health moving forward for a long season. That's all well and good, but they need somebody now to step up and save that bullpen every fifth or sixth day. Over the course of what, the last 15, or last what, 10 years, 13 years, they've had one guy, two guys, three guys. Kershaw has always been that guy, and it's always been uh, his his Robin, if you want to use that analogy. It's been Zach Granke, or it's been Walker Bueller, or it's been Max Scherzer for his second half. But now they need another guy to step into that That role, and Julio Urias is that guy. Tony Gonsolin has been really good, but he's had a shoulder issue recently, and he said the biggest reason why he has been as good as he's been this year is because of his health. So there's a lot of things behind the scenes that people don't know about on the surface where the Dodgers are taking care of the health of their starters for the long term, not just the short term. But now is the time for Julio Urias. Now is the time, and yesterday he stepped up in a big way. That was his best start of the season, his first start of the year where he struck out 10 hitters. He had 10 strikeouts yesterday and got no run support. So the Dodger offense needs to pick up the pitching staff just as much as the pitching staff needs to pick up each other without Blake Trinan and without Walker Bueller for the foreseeable future. Speaking of Blake Trinan, had a chance to talk to him yesterday uh, from a wide-ranging amount of things, from his health to uh, what baseball is trying to do with the pitch clock, the Buster Posey rule, the Otani rule. We talked a lot of baseball yesterday, and you're going to hear that conversation at the bottom of the hour. 866-987-2570. All right, let's, uh, let's address what took place between me and Trey Turner yesterday in the clubhouse. Um, I thought it was an obvious question that, Nobody was going to ask until I did. When runs are at a premium and you have your fastest runner at first base who we have seen, who we we have seen score from first base many times. Two outs in the 8th inning. The ball gets behind Mike Yastrzemski off the bat of Justin Turner. Trey Turner from my vantage point in the press box was not running at full speed because he was looking back to see whether or not Yastrzemski, Yastrzemski caught it. It doesn't matter if he caught it or not. There's two outs. you got to be running. And he turned on the Jets once he saw the ball get by, Yastrzemski. And by the time he did that, it was too late because Austin Slater, the Giants center fielder, did a great job of backing up Mike Yastrzemski and that diving effort that the ball got behind him. And I just asked him whether or not he thought he should have scored and what happened there.
3: Did you you feel like... uh... That was a ball that you should have scored on, or were you playing it safe with two outs there, the ball of right? I mean, my run's not really that important. Uh, if I get thrown out of home play right there, we were talking about, you know, uh, a little bit different yeah. thing. Uh, I ran. I don't know why this is a question, but I ran until my third-base coach held me up. And I was just curious what, what you thought of it. That's a good explanation. I, I don't know what happened. I, I ran, um, saw him dive for it, didn't know if he knocked it down or not, ran to third hard and <clears throat> was waiting for uh, Dino to wave me. The ball's behind me. I, I don't
2: well, number one, the reason why Dino Ebel held him up is because he wasn't running when the ball was hit with two outs. One out's a different story. You got to make sure it's caught or it drops. Uh, excuse me, you got to make sure that it drops. But with two outs, you got to be running. And my only question was whether or not Trey forgot how many outs there were because there's no other reason for him to be looking back to see whether or not Yastremsky caught the ball or not. And by the time he was getting to third base, of course Dino Ebel's gonna hold him up. There was no chance of him scoring after that. So it's not a big deal. He just got defensive. The Dodgers just had gotten swept by the Giants. They did not score a run. So I understand that. He did a moment. It's no big deal. We're all good. And I talked to Trey once all the cameras left and all that. You know, I explained to him why I asked the question, and that's how you do it. Uh, But that was my line of thinking that he should have scored. He should have been running as soon as Justin Turner hit the ball because there were two outs. 866 987 2570 is the phone number. When we continue, we're going to take your phone calls and also give you the trivia question for your chance to win a pair of tickets to Dodgers Angels Wednesday night at Dodger Stadium. And also, I want to know who you believe should be on the Dodgers, representing the Dodgers at the All Star game, which is here in Los Angeles for the first time since 1980. I have my thoughts that I'll share next. On off day Dodger Talk until 8 o'clock, right here on AM 570 LA Sports.
0: AM 570. Dodger Talk is available on AM 570LA and on the iHeartRadio app. Back to more Dodger Talk with Dodger Insider David Vasse.
2: Great to be with you on this Monday night. No Dodger game tonight. They'll be back in action tomorrow for a two-game series against the Angels. And then another day off on Thursday before they host the Cleveland Guardians over the weekend. And Saturday is a big day at Dodger Stadium because that's the day they are going to unveil the new Sandy Koufax statue, which is going to be right next to the Jackie Robinson statue out there in the Centerfield Plaza entrance. Remember, before COVID, they were going to unveil the Sandy Koufax statue during the 2020 season And COVID kind of derailed all of that. So finally, Koufax will have his statue. And my understanding is number 32 will be there for the unveiling of that statue. So a lot going on this homestand. But more importantly than anything else, the Dodgers have got to get some wins. It's fine to talk about the process. It's fine to talk about quality at bats. But at the end of the day, they've got to start winning games. And they've lost nine of their last 13 866-987-2570 is the phone number. We have your chance to win a pair of tickets to the Dodgers-Angels game on Wednesday night in just a moment. But first, let's go out to the phones. Dodger fans want to talk. Let's go out to Upland. Anthony, you're on with David Vasse. Hi, Anthony.
3: Hey, Dave. How are you, man?
2: I'm doing good. I uh, took my family out to Universal Studios today before the show, so everybody's happy dad's back in town.
3: Yeah, definitely, especially on a Father's Day week. I like to use the week. Like <laughs> yeah. So it's good to hear that you had a nice day to decompress a little bit. Um, but anyways, you know, uh, I guess my main point is, um, you know, with Bueller's Walker going down, do you kind of foresee, you know, is it Grove and Pepio season, or do you like, I used to, is Grove going to be more of like a, a swingman? And, you know, because I, I think, think it's uh, a waste of spot yeah. if you're going to protect him. You know, yeah. We'll get like, another reliever up in the pen.
2: Yeah. Well, the reason why they had Grove up was the reason why they had Grove up was not to start, but to give length in case anything went sideways the last two days, and right. we'll see whether or not he's still on the roster tomorrow. But don't forget about Mitch White. He pitched fantastic exactly. the last three starts up here, and then at Oklahoma City yesterday, he pitched almost six scoreless innings again. So. You know, Mitch White, don't forget about him. He was a second-round pick out of Santa Clara um, a few years back. He's had some injuries that slowed his development down, but this might be his time if another starter goes down. So forget about Pepio. I've been one of Pepio's biggest fans, but he needs a third pitch, and that was Mitch White's problem, and he started to find one. So, right now, he's more of a finished product than Ryan Pepio. So, they're getting Heaney back on Sunday. He's going to pitch Sunday against the Guardians. And they've got five guys right now. But the next man up is Mitch White, in my opinion.
1: Sounds Thank, Thank you, Dave.
2: All right, Anthony. Thanks for the phone call. Let's go out to Calabasas. Joey, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vassey Hi, Joey.
1: How you doing, David? How was Universal today? Was it hot out there?
2: Oh, yeah. The kids were pumped, though. First week of summer vacation, so they were excited.
1: That's awesome, man. All right, so my point today is about the pitching today. So I believe the bullpen could obviously do some upgrading, but in the back end, I'm a huge Craig Kimball fan, been a huge Craig Kimball fan for the longest since he won his rookie of the year, 2011, I'm back with the Atlanta Braves. But I think we need to get this i'm sorry give this kid evan phillips a chance to stand up this guy he is very underrated he's coming through in the clutch and as far as your um all-star selection a possible sleeper tony goslin what do you think
2: yeah i don't think he's a sleeper anymore joey he has one of the lowest eras in the national league he's undefeated he's gonna pitch tomorrow against the angels and thor noah syndigard but As far as the slam dunks go, for me, as far as Dodger All-Stars, there's two position players, Trey Turner and Mookie Betts. And maybe Will Smith as a backup behind Wilson Contreras, who's having a great year with the Chicago Cubs and more than likely is going to be traded at the trade deadline because he's a free agent at the end of the year. Pitching-wise, Tony Gonsolin would make it. I'm keeping my fingers crossed, and this is the nostalgic David Vasse inside of me. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for Clayton Kershaw to continue to pitch as good as he was pitching before his back got hurt because he has never started an all-star game in his career. Can you believe that? He has never started an all-star game in his career. And I thought with the start that he had before he got hurt, pitching seven perfect innings, being 4-0 with an ERA of 180 going into his first start back, my hope was that he would stay healthy and pitch well enough to be the National League All-Star starter at Dodger Stadium because there was one year where Mike Matheny picked his own guy in Adam Wainwright. There was another year they picked uh, somebody else, DeGrom or something, in New York at Citi Field. He deserves to start an All-Star game, so I'm hoping he could pitch well enough, and there's the numbers game that fits where he can make an all-star rotation or pitching staff, and Brian Snickers sees that or realizes he has never started an all-star game in his career, and he starts at Dodger Stadium. That would be really special. But as it stands right now, my National League all-star starter would be Sandy Alcantara of the Miami Marlins, who has the lowest ERA lower than Gonsolin or just a little bit higher than Gonsolin, but has pitched about 30 more innings. So that's where it stands for me when it comes to the National League All-Star team and who will represent the Dodgers. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. All right, here is your trivia question for a pair of tickets to Wednesday night's game at Dodger Stadium between the Dodgers and the Halos. The Angels are celebrating their 20th anniversary of their one and only World Series championship, which, by the way, Mike Sosha was the manager for. Um, and they have not sniffed success before or after Mike Sosha as the manager, by the way. Anyway, here's the trivia question Three position players were on that 2002 World Series team for the Angels, and three of them found their way. And to be a Dodger, name the three players that became Dodgers after winning the World Series with the Angels in 2002. 866-987-2570 for your chance to win a pair of tickets to Wednesday night's game, Dodgers-Angels. Name three players from the 0-2 Angels that eventually became Dodgers. Let's go out to George in L.A. You're on Dodger Talk. Hi, George. How's it going, uh, Dave? Great. You want to take a shot at Dodger trivia? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Do you want to take a shot at Dodger trivia?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: All right, give me your three guesses. Who are they? Uh, from the You said the
1: old two angels?
2: That's what I said. Okay. You got uh, 10
1: seconds. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm trying blanks here.
2: <laughs> all right. Why did you call anyway? Let's move on. You don't have the answer. Yeah, yeah just, I mean, I just love hearing you on the radio and uh, wanted a shot at uh, trying to get these tickets. <laughs> oh, All right, George. Well, thank you for the phone call and thank you for the love. I, I hope you still love me even though you did not win the tickets. <laughs> no worries, man. <laughs> all right. There he goes. George in uh, L.A., you know, I understand how it works. Let's go out to Aaron and El Segundo. You're on Dodger Talk with David Vasay.
1: Hi, Aaron. Hey, how you doing, man?
2: Great. What do you got for us tonight? All
1: right. I understand the problems that are going on with the Dodgers. I mean, it is what it is. Things will work out eventually. I think the pitching's really hurting them. And I think the other guys, like besides the big three, I think they'll come around. It's just they're not... Putting it all together, but once again, we just came up the first third of the season, and I think they got some going. I think they can really work it out. I definitely think that starting pitching, though, really needs some help.
2: Yeah, I'm with you, Aaron. They still have a really good record. Uh, their offense has uh, put up some crooked numbers. They've gotten really good starting pitching from Tony Gonsolin, Tyler Anderson, and Julio Urias, um, but. They're without Walker Bueller now, and that's a big loss. Thankfully, they got Kershaw back over the weekend, and they're going to get Andrew Heaney back on Sunday. It's a good enough rotation to be able to navigate through the next two months before the Dodgers evaluate whether or not they need another starting pitcher. But the bullpen is somewhat of a question mark because Craig Kimbrell not being effective and being as erratic as he is kind of puts other guys in different roles, and it doesn't set up as nicely. And our previous caller talked about Evan Phillips. I'm all for Evan Phillips getting an opportunity to see whether or not he has the the blood, the the blood pressure, the, the mentality to get the final three outs of a game, but I'm not ready to pull the plug on Craig Kimball just yet as the Dodger closer, and I don't think they are either.
1: Well, I'm looking at I hope May's gonna be able to come back this year. Because yeah, I think he was Aaron, he's a really Aaron, good young he's yeah. a really good young pitcher.
2: He's a he's coming off Tommy John. Are you gonna just put the burden on him?
1: No, but it'd be nice to have that, that arm though. Of course you know? it
2: would. But is he a guy that you can that you can depend on just coming off Tommy John's surgery and all of a sudden he's in a pennant race or you're asking him to pitch a big game in the playoffs? I think that's a lot to ask.
1: Well, being a May fan, I'd like to see him succeed. For sure. I think next year is
2: going to be his year where you're going to give him an opportunity to have a full spring training, another few months removed from Tommy John's surgery. Look, he has the stuff to be able to do it. He's a great pitcher, but to be fair to him, I, I think everybody's saying, oh, Dustin May's coming back. Yeah, he's coming back, but what version of Dustin May can we expect right away? I think that's a lot to expect and put on his shoulders. Thanks for the phone call, Aaron. Appreciate it. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, let's see if we can get a winner to our trivia question for tickets to Wednesday night's game between the Dodgers and Angels. O2 Angels. Name three of those Angels that eventually found themselves in a Dodger uniform and you'll win a pair of tickets to Wednesday night's game between the Dodgers and Angels at Dodger Stadium. 866-987-2570. Blake Trinan is next as well on AM570 LA Sports.
0: Supply. On air at AM570, online at AM570LASports.com, and available by podcast on the iHeartRadio app. This is Dodger Talk with David Bassin.
2: Dodgers and Angels start a mini freeway series tomorrow night at Dodgers Stadium. A two-game series between the Dodgers and Angels. It'll be Noah Syndergaard on the mound for the Halos going up against the undefeated Tony Gonsolin, who is 7-0 this season with an ERA under 2. Morongo Casino Dodgers on deck with Tim Cates begins at 6 o'clock. First pitch with Rick Monday and Charlie Steiner is at 7-10. Coming up in two minutes, you'll hear my conversation with Blake Trinan. Just talking shop, me and Blake. I told him it's a Blake canvas for him. Blake Canvas. You'll hear his reaction. But first, we have to get a winner to our trivia question. The Angels are in town to take on the Dodgers. There were three 2002 World Champion Angels that eventually found their way in a Dodger uniform at the end of their careers. There's your hint, and I'll do this fairly. I'll take the caller that's been holding the longest first. Let's go out to the LBC. Zach, do you have an answer to our trivia question? I do uh,
1: Mr. Sean Tony Figgins uh-huh Adam Kennedy uh-huh and I and I feel like this is wrong but I'm pretty sure it's right Mr. Garrett Anderson
2: It's so good to be wrong it's so good to be right Zach you got all three congratulations Garrett Anderson became yeah Garrett Anderson was a Dodger in 2010 Adam Kennedy in 2012 and Sean Figgins in 2014 congratulations zach you're getting a pair of tickets to the dodgers angels game Woo! at dodgers stadium on wednesday night and you can thank who thank who are you gonna thank
1: uh man i'm gonna i'm gonna thank i guess you david i say the dodgers and fox sports radio man
2: or am 570 la sports how about that yeah
1: exactly am 570
2: la sports listen all day man every day you guys are great all right zach hold on and we'll get your information Uh, Thank you to everybody that called in to try to win the tickets. We'll do it again. We got a lot of Dodger tickets around here. And don't forget, you can stream every Dodger game for free on the iHeartRadio app. And that's where you can find every Dodger Talk episode and also all of our pregame interviews. You'll find this one after the show is over. I had a chance to catch up with Blake Trinan at Oracle Park yesterday after he threw from 90 feet. Oh, wait. Yeah, he corrected me.
4: It was 120. One, 120?
2: 120. 120? Did I shortchange you?
4: Yeah, 100%. It's a progression, and today was a big milestone, and you're cutting me short. I'm
2: sorry. I, I apologize. And how many crunches did you do? Enough. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. Over the down period of not doing anything, uh, I got a couple spare tires around the midsection. So
2: <laughs> Travis is trying to whip me back into shape. You know I'm an emotional guy, right? So should I should I get emotional over seeing you throw from 120 feet?
4: No. I mean, I am because God is good. He's, he's working me through this injury in ways that I would have never expected. And so seeing his hand in provision over my health is anything short than a miracle. I'm just very grateful to be here and yeah. grateful for the power of prayer.
2: How have you been able to get through all this? You know, I know you're a guy that wants to help the team. I'm sure it's been difficult for you. How have you found a way to just stick to your process to try to come back and help the team?
4: Well, I'm not a very vocal, like... Leader kind of individual. Um, some might not even view me as a leader, but I try to just go about my business the right way. And um, anytime something like this happens, where you get some setbacks due to an injury, you try to reevaluate how you go about your business. And you might be doing something right for a few years, and then something else comes in, and you got to start retweaking your your preparation, your your uh, preventative rehab stuff, your strengthening. So. That was an eye-opener, and any time you go through something, you can view it as a negative or a positive, and I'm trying to find the positives in it, and the positives is I've found ways to help help myself stay healthy for uh, years to come. Um, I have some pretty lofty aspirations on how long I want to play, and um, as long as God's willing to keep me here, then I'll, I'll do it. Um, but it's not going to be because of a lack of effort on my part. Yeah. Um, the way I stay stay mentally there is I've, I've seen teammates go through uh, some mentally – challenging situations when it comes to health and it's not fun when we're geared up to prepare ourselves every single day to compete and you sit there and the only thing you're competing against is yourself in the weight room and your preparation and your you know soft tissue work Your, i mean trying to be a husband and a dad at the same time like it's different when you're not competing and you're away from your kids you know so um and your wife it's like yeah, I just try to find the best way to, to be present and invest in my teammates. You know, they're, they're, they're my family when I'm on the road, for sure. So, um, yeah, it's been great.
2: Have you found competition in doing what you're doing, competing against yourself, competing against your strength coach, Travis Smith, who puts you through the grind every day?
4: You know, I've always been somebody who's been intrinsically motivated. I think that comes from my faith. Uh, everything I do, I'm not doing it for the praise of man or for the, anything in this world. It's to honor and glorify my father in heaven so that that's where it starts and then uh the la fans are like this um basketball fans in general i guess uh, i heard a kobe quote one time is like you can't love the you know the peak of your aspiration you gotta enjoy the process because once you hit your milestone what what is it after that you know because yeah. like, you've been preparing years and years to get to that milestone and then you're there then what you know, so you fall in love with the preparation and the process and you'll never, you'll never have a milestone you'll never, you won't hit because every day is the milestone you're conquering and you've prepared yourself to hit it every day. So when I heard, when I heard that as like fall in love with the process, that was, a, that was a good one for me to try to embrace. It was hard. It's hard yeah. falling in love with kicking your butt every day and then realizing how out of shape you can be when you take just a couple of weeks off. It's like, it's crazy. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a weird year for, for baseball. It's been a weird year for me. Uh, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, it's just it's a it's a blessing uh, to go through struggles like this because it, it
2: definitely strengthens your resolve. I remember that quote from Kobe. He talked oh, about serious. the journey. It. The journey. It. The journey. It, it's, all the journey. Yeah. it's
4: all about the journey. It's all about the journey. It's not. There you go. Thank you. You're, you're the you're the Kobe guy. <laughs> I appreciate Kobe a lot later in life than I did yeah. when he was probably in
2: his prime. Same here. Yeah. Same here. We're uh, we're giving it a Blake Canvas today here in San Francisco. Blake Trinan is joining us. You like that? You like how I played on words and your name?
4: I bet that took you three days to think of.
2: <laughs> hey, I was prepared Before for this. Three years. I mean, you've known me for
4: three years. And you've been trying to think of something since you snagged me down here. You got to have something catchy to tag it. Like, yeah, hey, Blake Canvas with Blake Trinan.
2: <laughs> we we wanted to talk baseball, so I'm yeah. giving you a, a blank canvas for Blake Trinan. There you go. And you've had a lot of young guys come up from AAA. Max Muncy just came back from AAA. What have you heard about some of the? Speaking of weird, some of the weird rules that they're trying to implement in the minor leagues, with the eyes on Major League Baseball.
4: Leave them there and get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, we don't need any more changes in baseball. I've said it in spring to somebody. I'll say it again: is you know a lot of these baseball greats that I grew up, you know, aspiring to be like. I can't even. I mean, maybe I'm wrong with this, but I. I can't remember a single rule change really that outside of like maybe a slide rule or a home plate protection rule for catchers. Yeah. That was really that that happened. And I'm coming in. And there's been rule changes that – like the other day we ran into a rule change with like pitchers like and, and position players. Yeah. Like there's so many of them you can't even keep up with them anymore. Just keep baseball the way it is. I'm so sick of trying to everybody trying to put a fingerprint on the game. The fingerprint should be – the way you play on the field, the way you treat people in the clubhouse, and the way you manage games—you want to put a good team together. Put a good team together. You know, you want to invest in things to have a good product. That's fine, but if you're going to try to tweak the rules like the way they're doing, and they're, I won't be able to teach my kids the same game I grew up playing. So
2: that's scary for me too. It's not going to look anything like what we grew up with.
4: Well, and you keep doing this, it's, it definitely has an effect on records too. It eventually will. I mean. It, the whole 14-second pitch clock, that's garbage, 100% garbage. The idea of speeding up the game. Nobody looks at an NFL game and says, yeah. hey, speed up the game. And they're like, oh, it's so much quicker. Yeah, the, game, the plays are maybe more intense and you're, you're drawn to the TV more. But, like, it's a four-hour game. Really no, three, three and a half to four three three and to four-hour game, no one's complaining. Golf's a full weekend and an all-day event. No one's complaining about golf. Hockey, I, I, what is it, like three 20-minute periods, yeah. and it can take a little bit of time as well we're the only sport trying to change pace of play. Yeah. Right? Like, and I get it. There's no there's no clock in, in the game, and they're trying to implement a clock. But there's a lot of sports that are <laughs> totally fine and last just as long with a clock, if not longer with a clock. So the idea of it to me is just we're trying to reinvent the wheel that doesn't need to be reinvented. Um, not a single pitcher, I think I saw a stat, not a single pitcher in baseball last year threw a pitch within 14 seconds. Yeah. No. Not a single one. So now you're messing with people's ability to perform with the way that they came up for years and years trying to train, you know, to pitch within a, you know, like you control the game, you control the game. I get it. There are some guys that are excessive. I've also played against and seen guys just recently that are excessive getting in the box. Yeah. And I thought we had a rule implemented for players to stay in the box. Yes. Which I don't care. I really don't. But at the end of the day, not a lot of rules are meant to benefit pitchers. It's meant to affect the way pitchers perform. You know the balls change. It affects hitters too, but it affects pitchers. We're the ones throwing it. You know, it affects everybody. You want to start changing the time? It's going to affect the pitchers. Like I'm sure it has an effect on the hitters too. It's just like it's already such a hard game. You don't need to keep throwing so many things into it. And I know there's people that have good intentions with it, but like let's just try to have an off season where rules don't change. Yeah.
2: You know I'm with you as far as the pitch clock in Chicago. You and the White Sox played two games under three hours. The biggest reason why was the pitchers were throwing strikes. Isn't that the biggest thing? If pitchers threw more strikes and they actually seasoned their pitchers in the minor leagues and these bad teams just didn't rush pitchers to the major leagues that aren't ready, wouldn't the games go quicker with more pitchers through strikes?
4: You. Uh, that's a that's a long discussion for, for another day. But, uh, you know, to talk about those two quick games, I bet baseball is more focused on the third game that was really long than the two games that were quick. Yeah. Um, because that fits the narrative of changing the game. So I'm pretty sure there was, I think St. Louis had a game that was an hour and a half yes. or something crazy.
2: With the Rays the same day on getaway day.
4: There you go. So instead of like harping on all the bad games, why don't you say, hey, you know what? There's some good things there. What happened? Guys are pounding the strike zone probably.
2: It was you a 2-1 game.
4: There you go. Good pitching. So.
2: Lake Trinan is our guest. All right, what about that position player rule? Uh, Not allowed to pitch unless it's more than six runs. Are you against that? Or how do you feel about position players? Because you guys do have 14 pitchers on your staff right now. You shouldn't need a position player to pitch in a game.
1: Well,
4: it all depends on on situations. You know, like if you you really are going to have yourself pigeonholed into guys that are available the next day, it makes sense to try something like that. Okay. You know, Dave was totally justified in what he was doing. Okay. Um, and just like a lot of managers, they're they're smart. They're not just doing it just to make, you know, like <laughs> something different out there. They're <laughs> not just trying to like throw a curveball. Like, oh wait, why are they throwing a? No, they was doing it for a reason. You know, try to benefit us down in the bullpen and um, and help us win games in the future. Because baseball is a weird sport. Sometimes, you know, you try your best to win games in the moment. But then you also have to like try to win that game and look ahead to tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. The next day. It's like, it's a there's no other sport like it, and so um, it's just, you know, like I think uh, the idea of position players pitching. I think that rule does it to me. Like, does it really matter? Like, if it was, here's my thing. Otani is a phenomenal talent, and I think, and this only supports my my thought is like if it was Otani playing the outfield yeah. and he had to come in and throw that they would be okay with it. I'm sure baseball would be okay with it because it's a phenomenal talent and you want to allow that to be able to be used. But in hindsight, you can't just pigeonhole it for one special person. And I'm not saying that, that that's tagged to just one player. I mean, this really isn't that big of a deal to me. Like It was it was awkward in, in, in the moment, but it's an interesting co- topic to have a conversation about. Yeah. You know, like if a manager wants to make that move, let him make the move.
2: You know, it's funny you brought up the Otani rule. Why didn't anybody raise any red flags that Major League Baseball made a rule for one specific player. And it's kind of weird how we all just accepted it for one guy.
4: Well, Tani, you need to, uh, for one guy, that's the hard part, right? But, like, he needs to be able to do both those things. Like, that's so great for baseball. His ability, if you took away one of those sides of the baseball from him, it would be, be a disjustice to the sport and to fans and, and to him. He's a, He's been gifted beyond, you know, a lot of us can comprehend. It's... It's a, it's a very special talent, and he needs to be able to do both.
2: So but you're cool with uh, a rule just for Otani. Uh, I mean, <laughs> your wording is so terrible, Dave. Well, like... it's just for Otani. It's the Otani rule.
4: Well, that's like Buster Posey unfortunately had his knee taken out, and they made the Buster Posey rule that exactly. benefits everybody. I didn't like that rule. Yeah, I, I think. He
2: was out of position.
4: Okay. Okay. You know, I, I get it. You, but the the way the, the so was
2: the of, guy. So was uh, what's his name from the Mets on Chase Utley's slide. He was out of position. He had his back to home plate.
4: Yeah, that's just a different era of baseball, I guess. You know, like playing hard isn't really uh, like playing playing that way, not playing hard. that's a terrible way to say it. But playing <laughs> that way is is kind of found its way out. And you have to understand too the amount of money that's being thrown around for yeah. investments. You're trying to protect your investment. So there, if there's some some subtle tweaks like that, like there's a benefit to it now the, the bigger discussion is how are they going to enforce the whole idea of blocking the plate because yeah. you look at it and you're like i feel like that kind of matches the whole idea no one will ever talk about it right. oh, there's no lane whatever he's out you know like
2: it's another relaxed rule i don't feel like it's being enforced as much
4: yeah What's That's the Blake
2: Trennan rule? What's, what's the rule that I can make for you specifically since they made one for Otani and Buster Posey? <laughs> no,
4: we're good, dude. We're good. <laughs>
2: uh, see, I turned the tables. Now I'm I don't a – I don't need
4: that in my life. I'll just take the ball when I'm called on. Oh, man. <laughs> I love talking to you. You're, you're, you're something, Dave. Your viewers have no idea how good they have it.
2: Hey, seriously, before I let you go, can I just pick your brain on two guys in your bullpen right now? Go for it.
4: Go for it. Let's talk about something light instead of something heavy. Okay,
2: Showtime, Yency Almonte, oh and Evan Phillips. Tell me about those two guys because I am blowing those guys up on a nightly basis.
4: As you should. They are – Evan was my pick-to-click in the, se- the beginning of the year. I felt like he was – I mean, just watching his ability to just randomly learn a cutter and his sliders a different gear this year. It's Wow. Um he is maybe one particular pitch, without saying it, away from being something extremely special. Yeah. Uh, right now, he's really, really good, and um, mm. he's been thrown in some tough situations, and he's answered the call. Yinsy, I had no—I no, I know I've played against him. I did not know he, he harnessed a sinker, and with the work he's put in from spring training to now—it's like night and day. His velo is, is still the same. He was like four to seven in spring. He's four to seven now. But like the action on his sinker, so much more consistent and the ability to control it where he needs to down in the zone and in dot righties. Like it's pretty special. And then he learned the slider. The slider in spring wasn't that great of a pitch, but he started working hard with a couple of the uh, staff members. And um, I think he and I had some discussions with like some sinker stuff. And I don't, I don't really know if it was any slider stuff, but a lot of, a lot of sinker command and like sight lines and stuff. And he's, everything he's done is a testament to how hard he's worked. He's, He's a stud. And a great person. Both of them are just great people in the clubhouse. Do you love yeah. their mount
2: presence too when they're in those late game situations?
4: Yes. Devin Phillips is amazing. Um Devin, yes. Uh, <laughs> and what's uh, that yeah. about?
2: Can you tell us about Devin Phillips? There's things stay in the clubhouse. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So uh
4: and Yancy and Yancy, yeah, Yancy just I tell him he looks like like a like a pit bull out there, yeah. you know. But like I was like, but you're bigger than a pit bull. You gotta be like a cane corso, you know. So <laughs> yeah, he just he just looks like a big presence on the mound, and we he's got so many talented arms, you know. Yeah. And everybody's trying to like figure out like some consistency with with you know like roles or mm-hmm. you know like we've had a tough stretch here where we've had some unfortunate injuries and and some guys uh, you know maybe having a shorter outing, where it's like. You know, the first month of the year, things rolled pretty smoothly. Yeah. So this is where you know we have a little adversity. And like watching these guys compete nightly, uh, it's pretty special. So it'll, think things are gonna, things are gonna be really good uh, for years to come for those two guys. <laughs> I love <laughs> it's it. Be great, yeah.
2: Do you think Yancy gets annoyed that I call him Showtime every time I see him because that's his Twitter handle?
4: God, he has three gold chains. He's fine. You can call, you can call him. <laughs> I, tra- I started calling him Two chains, and I realized he had three. So I got to figure something out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, awesome. I saw the twinkle in your eye when you were talking about them. How about when I I, I saw the twinkle? There's a twinkle in your eye.
4: Okay, uh, just good people, good people. Like you, yeah. good well, people. Thank you, thank you. I
2: can't wait to see you come back. I feel I'm I feel impressed. like today some something happened today.
4: I'm excited to come back. It's tough sitting around, You're like a dog in a cage. let me out at some point. You yeah. know, I just, I'm ready. So I just just got to trust the process and uh, learn what I have to learn through it. So
2: it'll it'll all work itself out and i'll be back before you know it i love it i can't wait i won't even ask you to tell me when i don't know when i don't either <laughs> let's leave it at that <laughs> blake i love talking to you man
4: Asking The tough questions
2: dave assay yeah hard hitting right here Hard hitting, <laughs> I, I, i'll do seven push-ups for you next time why seven that's my limit
4: uh. I,
2: ask brandon mcdaniel seven is my limit your strength and conditioning coach
4: seven push-ups that's it He's going to pull it up. He's logged it. Is
1: that
2: <laughs>
4: that was uh, six, six, seven years ago. <laughs> All right, so you got to add a couple more then. All right. That's your punishment for taking them off.
2: By the time you come back to pitch in a game, I'll be up to 10. How about that? I'm going to need 15. Okay. I'll, I'll get to work. Thanks a lot for the time. All right, have a good one, Dave. All right. That was our conversation with Blake Trinan, Dodgers super reliever that's on the injured list right now, 60-day injured list. And I thought it was interesting yesterday that he threw 60 times from 120 feet. He's not going to box himself in and give us any set date on when he's going to come back. I know I've been pessimistic about his chances of returning, but after what I saw yesterday, September might be an overshoot on my part. I feel like after what I saw yesterday, and if it continues to go in that direction... There's a good chance that Blake Trina could pitch maybe by the end of July, the beginning of August, 120 feet pain-free 60 times. That's very encouraging. And his body language, when we were talking about it yesterday, that also was a sign that he's optimistic that this is going in the right direction and he's going to give it a chance. The one thing that nobody can guarantee, including Blake or any Dodgers trainer, is okay, they get him back on the mound. Will his right shoulder hold up for the rest of the season? Nobody knows that. It's a serious injury for him to go on the injured list. I know he's uh, or he was a little perturbed at the fact that he goes from a short spring training into a cold-weather city in Minneapolis, and he feels like that partly contributed to his right shoulder issues. But for him to be throwing 120 feet yesterday 60 times pain-free and feeling good about it, Uh, is a great sign for the Dodgers because they need Blake Trinan. And when Blake Trinan's in this bullpen, it's a completely different game for the Dodgers to shorten uh, for opponents to try to climb up that uphill bullpen battle with Blake Trinan in there. That's something the Dodgers did not envision, Blake Trennan getting hurt when they constructed this bullpen, but certainly Evan Phillips and Yency Almonte certainly have been revelations for the Dodgers, and like I have said uh, the last few days, Evan Phillips might be a guy that should get a chance to close out games if the groupings of hitters that he is going to face in the ninth inning match up with the information the Dodgers have. Because if Craig Kimbrell continues to be a high wire act, how can you allow that to continue? Not only for a fact of giving you a heart attack, but possibly blowing a save. And then because he's such a high wire act and so erratic, he throws almost 25 to 30 pitches every ninth inning and then can't pitch the very next night. So you're losing a closer when you do that. When you're, when you're maximizing the number of pitches one night that forces the manager to say, you know what? You can't pitch back to back nights because you just threw 30 pitches the night before. So That's part of the equation as well. So the Dodgers, I don't believe, are going to pull the plug on Craig Kimbrell as their closer just yet, but a couple of more outings like we have seen recently certainly will give them pause, and I believe it's a fair question to ask whether or not Evan Phillips has what it takes to get the final three outs of a game because it's very different getting three outs in the sixth inning, the seventh inning, or even the eighth inning – compared to the final three outs in the ninth inning. It's a completely different mindset, completely different heartbeat, and we'll see whether or not Evan Phillips is up for the task. He certainly has the stuff. The only question is, does he have that closer mentality? I actually remember Matt Herges. He was a middle reliever for the Dodgers in the early 2000s. He was one of the setup men for Eric Gagne back in the day, and he left as a free agent to San Diego to be their closer, and it just wasn't the same. He was never the same pitcher as a closer as he was as a seventh or eighth inning guy, so that's just an example of a great Setup guy that really wasn't that great getting the final three outs. All right, in case you missed our conversation with Blake Trinan, you can find it on the iHeartRadio app over the weekend in San Francisco. And on this road trip, we had a few good interviews with Austin Barnes, Eric Karos, and obviously Blake Trinan that we shared the full version with you tonight. So you can find all of the Dodger Talks and all of the interviews on the iHeartRadio app. You can also stream the games live and for free on the iHeartRadio app if you're in the right – geographic area you might want to give it a try. It can't hurt to see if you're in that spot because you can take Dodger Baseball with you anywhere your life takes you. Whether it's the shopping mall or the grocery store or you know a a graduation party. You can have the app and your earbuds going and listening to Dodger Baseball beginning again tomorrow night. The Dodgers and Angels open up a mini two-game freeway series great pitching matchup with Tony Gonsolin taking his undefeated 7-0 record against Noah Syndergaard. 4! Four, 4-4 four and four with an ERA of 3.69. Our coverage begins with Morongo Casino Dodgers on deck at 6 o'clock with Tim Cates and first pitch with Rick Monday and Charlie Steiner at seven ten. And as always, we'll have post-game Dodger talk for you live from Dodger Stadium. Thanks to Ronnie Fascio for all his help and thanks to you for listening. Coming up next is Fox Sports Radio. Have a great rest of your Monday. See ya.